We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pack a Day Podcast. This is Jacob Morley, joined by always uh, by my co-host Ross Uglum. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. You can find Ross at Ross Uglum. Ross, how the heck are you, man? Uh, after what happened on Sunday, I, I guess you'd have to say you've been better. But uh, you know, I, I I can't complain. Yeah, same. Um, you know, going looking back at that game, it was definitely one to forget. Um, yeah, you know, Ross, before that game, I don't know how you felt about it, but when I just, you know, traveling out to Washington with the weather the way it was, I didn't, I didn't really have a great feeling about that game going into it. Um, you know, really no reason why, but it just really kind of came to fruition really immediately after Washington's first drive. I just didn't have a great feel of the entire game. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's kind of frustrating, kind of a downer this week after that performance, but the good news is, is number 12 is still standing. We are one. The Packers are one, one, and one. So that's interesting. Um, but Ross, I know that you just actually did your film breakdown of the game today. So you actually watched the game more more than I have. I watched it once and I really probably couldn't stomach watching it again. Uh, but Ross, I really just wanted to get your take and, and talk about if you have three big takeaways from this game, 
Um, what are three things that you could maybe shed a little bit of light on that your average fan maybe didn't pick up on when they were watching? Um, and three things that maybe we need to watch moving forward. I, I don't know, though, that, you know, this week is the one where I'm really going to do a lot of educating as far as things that the big that the average fan couldn't pick up on. You know, the, a lot of what I I noticed, you know, were, were things that the the average fan probably could pick up on. And and, uh, you know, that's that safety play is a huge issue. They just have to get it fixed. I don't care if it's Josh Jones or if they have to go a completely you know, new direction at that position. It, it doesn't matter to me. It just it has to get resolved. Drops and penalties have to be removed from what's going on. Uh, you know, there, there are a number of places where they could have stayed in the game and a killer penalty, good call or bad call, whatever, or a big drop, you know, ruin any momentum that they had and, and, and just not, not to panic. And we'll, we'll talk about that later, but that would be the third thing is don't panic. They had a lot of things go wrong for them. They played bad. That was the number one thing that went wrong. Uh, you know, they, they played really poorly. Um, man, they, they, they didn't get a break. I, I was like you. I didn't really like it as soon as I found out, you know, that, um, that, that there was potentially – a weather issue. This is not a good bad weather team, at least not uh, right now. The way that Rodgers is, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say he has the the world's most stable base um, at, at at this time. So, yeah, I, uh, I I I'm not that worried. You know, you play poorly. It's officiated poorly. You're on the road. Uh, Washington might not be bad. There are just a number of factors that are not are going to make me not freak out yeah and you know a, a couple things going into the game as well I didn't really think Washington's defense was for real and I still don't know how good they are but they definitely impressed me that front seven they have uh they played well um and and you know they showed and that uh Daron Payne played really well uh Jonathan Allen was a guy coming out of Bama that I thought honestly fell a little bit in that draft class when he came out granted he's still a top 10 pick wasn't he but I, I thought he was really a top three player in that class. And it looks like he's kind of starting to uh, to kind of come into that, you know, those shoulder injuries aside. I know that was kind of the big concern with him. Another thing that's interesting to kind of touch base on what, what you were talking about is the safety position. Because that's definitely a position that if you have a set of eyeballs, you can watch the game and just kind of scratch your head and think, what the heck is going on out there? Today, Mike McCarthy actually came out and gave a huge endorsement to Cantrell Bryce, which was interesting to me just because he seems like he's been the kind of guy, he, he just doesn't look like he's sure of himself. And so everything they're saying about him, you know, how he, they love his intelligence. They love his ability on the field to track the ball. They love his ability as a hitter. It's just you watch him play and it just seems like, are we, are we talking about the same guy? And I've never really been a huge Cantrell Bryce guy. But I don't know what else they have behind him because Josh Jones, I don't, he's not the type. I mean, I love Josh Jones. I love his ability and I love his potential. I'm a big Josh Jones fan, but I don't think he's going to come in and play that position the way people really, what the Packers really need. And that's really a guy that can kind of, you know, play that deep half, deep middle uh, type of position and make a good read on the ball and really make a play on the ball in the air. Because it looks to me like they don't really have a guy on the roster that can do that right now. And I don't know if that's something that maybe, you know, when when Kevin King gets healthy, we talked a little bit about Tremont Williams potentially being able to do that. 
But right now, it's just I don't see where help is going to come from on the roster. Ross, what are your thoughts on that? I know there's some guys out there that um, you've been really high on that the Packers did not go get. There's still some guys available out there. Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about Josh Jones than most. Um, he made a funny little comment on something that Andy Herman, our our uh, founder here at Packaday Podcast, had said. You know that that he was in agreement that uh, you know they they probably should have uh, used him more as a safety. His NC State tape is is really him. You know, playing true safety and. And I think, you know, there's a real chance that the best thing for him is to play uh, a deeper safety, certainly a good enough athlete to get it done. But, uh, you know, there's no guarantees there. He's very much an unproven commodity. Uh, Absolutely no question about that. But it can't get much worse than what Bryce is putting on film. I mean, they it would be, you know, they'd be hard pressed not to be able to uh, improve that. Um, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm not sure I know what the answer is there. The obvious one, you know, everyone keeps talking about is Eric Reed. Um, I don't care at all about the, uh, the kneeling that doesn't bug me. Um, beyond that though, he is kind of more of the strong safety, uh, you know, the, the strong safety, linebacker hybrid type of guy maybe not exactly what the team needs right now maybe kind of redundant with what they have but uh, he's better than Kentrell Bryce that is that is for sure the obvious one you know is is to try and 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 talk to uh John Schneider what appears to be a lost season in in Seattle and, and try and acquire Earl Thomas and I would guess that I personally would give up them more than than what most people would give up. I just I have an incredibly high opinion of Earl Thomas and you know what he can probably bring to any defense. Uh, I, I think teams spend a lot of time trying to find that center fielder safety, and uh, it really appears as though, you know, the center fielder safety, the guy, the number one guy at that spot is uh, available. And so I think that has to be put into consideration, uh, you know, by by not just the Packers, but every team. Uh, wh- why you can give up two first rounders plus for Khalil Mack and then not even consider a first rounder for a player of, of Earl Thomas's talent. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm on that wavelength. I'm not sure I agree there. What would you, you know, so let's say he is available and well, he, he is available, but what, you know, you're Brian Gutekunst. What do you give up Ross? Would you bat an eye at giving up one of your first round picks? No, not at all. No good safeties can play into their thirties. Um, and he's not a good safety. He is the best safety. I it should have said he's the best free safety. I still think Harrison Smith is the best safety in the national football league but as far as just a free safety a center fielder your nick collins type of guy the number one uh player in that arena right now is is earl thomas and if you can get a guy like that before he's 30 you you just you take that chance and you make that acquisition he's such you know he he just eliminates so many issues you have on the back end 
it's it's honestly wild to me, Ross. I don't understand why, you know, for years teams essentially tried to, co- you know, it's a copycat league. Teams tried to do what the Seattle Seahawks did with Earl Thomas. And so they, they went out and tried to find their Earl Thomas. And now that the Earl Thomas is available, it seems like teams are, you know, trying to kind of lowball the Seahawks. And, and maybe that's the move you make because obviously Earl Thomas is not going to be a Seahawk next year. Teams know that. Uh, the Seahawks know that. So it's kind of just, it's going to come to a breaking point, I, I feel, where he's going to end up, I bet he ends up going for a second or a third when it's all said and done. And I just think, you know, the Seahawks are going to have to wake up and realize, like you already alluded to, you know, this is a lost season. Let's get something out of this guy that clearly doesn't want to be here. Um, and he's not going to be here next year. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm definitely, you know, I'm in, I'm on the bandwagon with you. I would love to see that happen in Green Bay. Um, another thing that I would love to see happen in Green Bay um, is our boy Aaron Jones getting more than six carries a game. Uh, I think moving forward, Aaron Jones looked like, I mean, I thought I thought he was one of the few bright spots in this game. And I know, Ross, just following you on Twitter, I know you're going to agree with this statement, but it, it was just, you know, it was baffling at moments to just to see him just on the sidelines or just to see him not more involved in this offense. It seems like every time he touches the ball, good things happen. Um, and I think I think Ross moving forward, Mike McCarthy, you know, Jones almost forced his hand. I just don't see a way that they can keep him off the field. I think he's a guy that needs to get 10 to 15 touches a game, 15 preferably. I know he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's just such an explosive athlete that can do so. Then he fits his offense so well. Ross, um, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones moving forward? He's the best back on the team. I mean, it's so clear. When he has the ball in his hands, I understand pass protection. I respect the need to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy, healthy more than most. But, man, it, 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 there just comes a time when the most important thing for a skill position player is actually what he does with the ball in his hands. And I think that's kind of where we are uh, with, with Aaron Jones. He is clearly their best tailback and really needs to be um, treated as such and given the football as such. And, and, and you nailed it, really. You know, it's a fit thing, too. Not only is he the best one they have, but he is just so perfect for what they want to try to do. So I I don't get it. Um, I, I never have understood it. I I get what the reason is. And when I say I get it, I mean, I understand. I know what the reason is. I get what they are saying. The reason is what the um, company line, if you will, is. That does not mean, though, uh, that I agree with it because I I don't. I don't like it at all. I think you have to find a way to get that kid the football and let him do his thing. What is the what is the company line there, Ross? I mean, I think the company line is that, you know, you earn your reps. He was hurt, got suspended, and that uh, they don't trust him pass blocking. And I just – I struggle with that. And, and, and you know, I, I want to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy, like I said, just as much as anybody else. But at the same time, the running back needs to run with the ball. <laughs> and the best guy to do that is, is Aaron Jones. And that is um, – Really, I, I don't think when you look at the film from last year and, and you look at this year, I don't I don't honestly even think that's debatable. Yeah, and you know, 
even at a middle school level, which I've coached the middle school football before in my lifetime, it's it's a really simple concept. And I'm not suggesting that I'm smarter than Mike McCarthy because that guy's forgotten more about football than I know. But I just I don't buy the oh he's he's not great in pass pro because the easiest way to to solve that problem is don't keep him in the block in pass pro. Run him out. Make make it make somebody guard him. Um, and you see teams do that all the time. That's what you know. That's what the Saints do with Kamara. They don't. They don't. He's not staying into pass block. You know. And, and the thing is, I think he does. He's not an every down back. But I think the combination of him and Jamal Williams is 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 perfect. I really love that combination. I I like to, I like Ty Montgomery, but I would like to see Jones really cut into his reps. I think that's where he's going to start getting on the field more. At least I hope so. Um, but moving forward, Ross, moving on from Aaron Jones, uh, was there anyone else that just really stood out to you in this last game? I know it's kind of hard because not it wasn't a lot of bright spots in this game. I mean, you had the uncharacteristic games from uh, from Cobb especially, and I tweeted this out last night, but when Lance Kendricks was running up the sidelines on that third third down catch, it was almost, and I don't know if I'm the only one that felt this way, but it was just it was like he's going to drop that ball, and sure enough, he did. And it was just that's just kind of the way the game went yesterday. So if you are, yeah, two days ago, um, if you have anything else positive, Ross, because we could dwell on the negatives, but uh, trying to pick out some of the positives. Is, is there one guy that really stood out to you? I and mean, we already touched on Aaron Jones, but anyone else really that stood out to you yesterday or uh, on Sunday? Uh, the defensive line was good. Uh, Wilkerson was good before he got hurt. Clark was good throughout the game. Daniels played well. Even Lowry played well. Um I think that's a definite roster strength moving forward and something that they need to find a way to pair at least one really viable edge rusher with a decent edge rushing class, I think incoming, which is good. Uh, But but yeah, that was something I definitely saw on film where uh, the, the main defensive lineman for the Packers really, really played well. I agree. And, you know, I tweeted out today, just you know three games into the season what's the Packers biggest draft need moving forward next year and uh I think it was either Kyle or Nick another uh pack a day guy that really that pointed this out and I, I guess I didn't even realize this but the Packers have spent two top 100 picks on edge rushers in the last several years and those are guys are Nick Perry and Kyler Fackrell uh so moving forward next year you know we don't need to talk about the draft yet there's plenty of football season left to be played but Gosh, I can't imagine us going or the Packers going into the season next year without one or two top 100 edge edge rushers, just because it looks pretty dis. Uh, I mean, it looks it's it's kind of rough to watch right now um, for for a variety of reasons. One, we're not they're not getting to the quarterback. Two, it seems like every time they do, they get a 15 yard personal foul penalty. So it's you know it's just been frustrating. Hopefully that just kind of sorts itself out. Um, you know, Ross uh, got going into this year, I know, you know, you'd say Kenny and, and Mike Daniels played well. Um, and I think they, they definitely play, you know, they, they looked all right, but can you, can you touch base? Cause you say that, but you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you know, AP still rushed for 130 some yards. It didn't seem like they got much, you know, rush, you know, they didn't put Smith under pressure that much. So can you kind of elaborate that on a little bit, what you saw about it, specifically those two guys that would make you say they, they played well. Yeah, I mean, frankly, they were in rough positions with Peterson. You know, the defensive line really isn't going to make the tackle. That's more on guys like Antonio Morrison, Jermaine Whitehead, 
guys really behind the line that weren't weren't making the plays. And frankly, they were kind of outnumbered. I mean, uh, as it is right now without Jake Ryan, they're using a lot of heavy, heavy sub packages. So the defensive linemen, you know, were kind of doing their job, but you know, maybe the entire squad uh, wasn't. And and that's just that's a personnel grouping issue. That's a prioritization of you know what are we trying to stop. Uh, the answer generally being the pass <laughs> and, and uh, without Kevin King, even those, those heavy dime packages and, 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 and things like that aren't, aren't necessarily uh, working the best either, but that is the general idea. And, and if you just isolate those guys, they really played well. The edge rushers offered basically nothing, uh, which is incredibly unfortunate. And then the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, linebackers and safeties that were meant to kind of clean up some of the um, some of the runs from Peterson. I'm not sure that went incredibly well either. So that's kind of my um, my view on the whole thing as far as how did those guys play well, but the traditional statistics that you look at for uh, defensive line play weren't great. And I completely understand where you're coming from with that question. Yeah, and that's a good response, and that's kind of what I was looking for from you too. So thanks for breaking that down, um, Ross. So I'm I'm going to ask you where your panic meter, and you know I don't like the word panic even after three games, but I guess your your worry meter is. You know, I know after three games, it's kind of silly to really take too much stock into to really anything. Ask ask the Minnesota Vikings playing the Buffalo Bills. Um, what you should really think about teams after two or three weeks. Um, but, you know, after three weeks, I think, you know, people have calmed down quite a bit. You know, Sunday afternoon, Monday morning was kind of some gloom and doom from some of the Packers fans that I interact with on Twitter. Um, I think that's calmed down quite a bit moving forward. But, uh, Ross, what is, where are you at as far as, you know, scale of one to ten, where is your worry level for this team right now? Uh, it's about a four. Uh, I mean, it would be lower, obviously, if they had won the game. But the schedule still looks up pretty nice. Buffalo this weekend, uh, they put a whooping on Minnesota, but I, I don't think that really necessarily changes anything. They have a Jimmy garoppolo uh 49ers team, you know, coming down the pike. Uh, the, the Lions didn't look good until they just beat the Patriots. I think it's just maybe a weird week. Uh, they weren't going to win every game. You know, if you're being realistic, you understand that that that's probably not something that was, was going to happen. And uh, they lost a road game to a team that is now above 500. Might not be a bad squad. I really think Washington's good up front. And, you know, they've got issues that are correctable. Um, I think they can get a little bit more out of the pass rush. I think they can use Josh Jones to get a little bit more out of the safeties. I think they can get Kevin King back and get a little bit more out of the cornerbacks. And, uh, the receivers are better than they showed. You know, that was probably the worst game out of the pass catchers in the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they 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 beat the division leaders head-to-head, the Bears obviously being the division leaders. They have a reasonable schedule, and, and the team becomes more and more dangerous uh, as Rodgers becomes more and more mobile. So uh, my, my panic level, you know, is, is kind of low, but, but it's not a, a one or a two because – I really do worry about edge rush and safety. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, Dix is best used as a playmaker, as we really saw on Sunday. And if they can't do that uh, and they have to play him deep, 
and play Bryce, you know, in the playmaking mold, that, that kind of hinders the team in two spots. So uh, they do have per- personnel issues. Um, they've got injury issues like they do every year. And I'm, I'm not really sure what to think of, of both the personnel issues and the in, in injury issues. But uh, I don't know. Outside of maybe Kansas City and maybe the Rams, though the Rams are getting super thin at corner, I'm not seeing, you know, teams that I just – Oh, the Packers can't beat that team. You know, it's uh, they're one one and one right now. Uh, more than likely, going to be two one and one through the first quarter. You take that every time, uh, especially you know Mike McCarthy teams notoriously start slow, which is not a good thing or anything to hang your hat on, but it is a fact. Yeah, and that's you hit the nail on the head, Ross. So those are the two things that I was going to bring up that you touched on. Is uh, in the past, you know, Mike McCarthy, we've seen him start one and four, one and three. And, and, you know, that was the, you know, the famous, some of the famous quotes from Aaron Rodgers are because of this team starting so poorly and starting so slowly with the, you know, the relax quote and the run the table quote. So like you said, not, not anything to hang your hat on, obviously something that can be extremely frustrating as a fan too. And I'm sure frustrating to the players as well, but for whatever reason, these teams seem to just take a few weeks to get their feet under them. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to this team improving, and it seems like every year that is something that Mike McCarthy has been able to do. Is he does have his teams playing good football at the end of the end of the year. So um, that's something that I think we can be looking forward to. This team's just going to get better. I do agree with you. I'm probably around a three or four as well, just because I don't see where the help is going to be coming from anywhere on the edge or the secondary. Uh, Josh Jones gives me a little bit of hope that they can you know solidify that position a little bit. But as far as the edge goes, unless unless you know, unless Donerson, the light bulb comes on for him in, you know, uncharacteristically fast amount of time. I just, there's not much going on there. So unless they can make a trade or do something there, but I, I just don't see that happening. Um, and then, like you said earlier with the receivers, you know, Randall Cobb, like what was it? Three or four drops on third and fourth down. That's just not something that we're going to see again this season, you know, knock on wood, but that just was uncharacteristically, un- uncharacteristically really, you know, really poor performance by those guys. So I'm really looking forward to, um, then moving forward, a guy that is really fun to watch for me has been Geronimo Allison, which we could talk about him. But gosh, what a story that guy's been. He's been, you know, kind of the model of consistency for the Packers this year. Uh, I know there's a lot of questions questions about that third receiver position, and he seems like he's really come in and, and answered all those questions as as best as anyone could. So um, a lot of stuff still to kind of take away from that game and take away from the season so far, and and to look, you know, to look fondly on. So. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the way this season plays out. Uh, Ross, do you have any final thoughts before I let you go? No. Uh, they'll, they'll get back after it. they got a Buffalo team that they should be able to beat on the schedule. And uh, really, really early in the season to be calling for coaches' heads, really early in the season to be panicking. So just, you know, kind of everybody chill out. Everybody, that's the, that's the Ross Uglin version of the Aaron Rodgers relax. Everybody chill out. We'll be just fine. All right, Ross. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, we'll catch you guys again in a couple Tuesdays from now. So we'll hopefully be talking about that Buffalo Bills victory. And then who do they have after the Bills, Ross? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, like I said, I know that I know that the uh, Niners are on the docket eventually before that, that nasty um, Rams game because I know that's kind of a – one that people have you know circled uh but yeah bills at lions lions haven't looked great san francisco 
just lost a quarterback to the season, then a bye, then a bye week, and then at Rams at Patriots. That is uh, tough. You know that if if they are able to split the Rams and the Patriots, I think that's a really a victory um, at that point in the season. But you know the way it looks, they should be able to go either three and zero or two and one uh, in the next three games. And and if that's the case, then you know they go three and zero. You know, they're they're four, one and one after six weeks going into a bye week. You got to feel pretty good about that. Absolutely. So we know for sure next week they have Buffalo. And here at Pack-A-Day Podcast, we take it one week at a time. Uh, but next time we talk to you, hopefully we'll be talking about a Detroit Lions victory. Our Packers defeating the Lions. Oh, gosh, I said that wrong. Um, so we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Thanks always as uh, to as uh, thank you for Ross for joining me. You can again follow him at Ross Uglum on Twitter. And thank you for joining us at Pack-A-Day Podcast, where we cover the Packers 365 days a year. We will catch you guys next time. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Goes! 30! Turns upfield. 25! Cutting right to the 20! Looks it over, starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high. What did it caught? It is caught for a touchdown.